0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the final night of our post RNC 2020 coverage. Got tears, I'm holding back. My name is Matt Binder of Doomed. And I'm Jared Holt from Shitpost.
1: And, you know, Matt, my tears might start flowing just because of the egregious
0: violations of the Hatch Act. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's my thing now to be quite honest with you um like i've noticed since the beginning since we've started doing this show this week uh, on night one of monday uh i've gotten random tweets throughout the past four days just people (laughs) all caps (laughs) hatchacked so you know
1: on the final night of the rnc this was the closer and it was you know no shortage of off the wall claims like kind of bizarre speeches and then of course to close it out we had donald trump giving his acceptance speech from the white house with a huge fireworks display in clear violation i'm sure matt will be able to explain all to you about uh, the hatch act right the well the sacred uh, agreement between between our tr- public officials
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the hatch act violations what well, we had well a the very uh the very uh speech itself the trump speech uh was uh was we had the backdrop of the white house that is uh i believe what we would call a violation of the hatch act <laughs> and <laughs> you had
1: you had the uh immigrant uh national naturalization ceremony uh that was a violation of the Hatch Act. Wait, they
0: did another one of those today? <laughs> did I miss that?
1: No. Uh, oh, the, the, the,
0: for, all right. What were we just focused on today right, Tuesday, right now? Tuesday, no, that the, was – I think it was Tuesday. Time is
1: warping during this Right, day. but
0: let's focus on the the Hatch Act violations today. Uh, then you had uh, the one of the more egregious ones too uh, where the Border Patrol was shouted out and they stood up and cheered on their president – Which was in violation of the Hatch Act. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's it's just what what a night, man. What a night! Just if you know, if 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 Oprah Winfrey was a political commentator, she'd be out there going, (laughs) You got a Hatch Act violation, you got a Hatch Act violation. It was just a Hatch Act violation beyond. (laughs) behind a hatch act violation behind it was like one of those russian nesting dolls but hatch act violations
1: right and and, you know there is something legitimate to be said of course about this like merging of a political campaign with the government that is like a a red flag if, if there is one but it is like very funny in at least like the the context of everything you know like trump throwing uh separating children from their families at the border and putting them in cages and then it's like aha the hatch act right that's yes. what's gonna get them like that that is what's gonna do it right? it right it's you know if nothing has done it to this point the hatch act isn't gonna be the thing that does it
0: right again I, it's 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 you know if you're a reporter report, you know putting this out there and totally totally uh, you know you should be but if you're someone who's like you know a uh, uh, anti-Trump person and you're like, that's it. This is a violation of the Hatch Act. We have to you know you know I, come on. After everything we've seen, you know he's gonna you know you know you what know, you know you're just wasting <laughs> you're just wasting your breath on that one. Like I mean, uh, I don't know. He even he even just shouted out those uh, Hatch Act violation people by saying what was it he like went off script i feel like and he was like you know people don't want me doing this up here but this is my home it's a big beautiful home i love the white house i'm here then uh he said that right
1: right it, i mean it was just like the ultimate middle finger to these people um and i don't know i, I like you said this is important this is like kind of uh, alarming like we we should all care that this happened right like we should all care in theory at least about the hatch act but in the broader scheme of things it's like the you know everybody's looking for the silver bullet that's gonna like defeat donald trump in 2020 but the hatch act is not gonna be that um you know and, and like media should stress the importance media should explain why this is so concerning. It's a duty to the audience. But I think, you know, Matt, you and I are, are, are so like jaded and cynical at this point, like staring into the, the wormhole of all this stuff that it's like, people start talking about the hatch act in my brain. It's just like, Okay, cool. I can tune that one out. Um, right, right.
0: There's so much we should be, you know, focusing on. It mentioned the violations of the Hatch Act, and then let's focus on the policies that are that are hurting people. You know, I mean, that's that's just my what I think. You know, and uh, you know, I'm no, I'm no fan of uh, as people who know me and follow me and listen to my podcast and, and live stream show. You know, they know I'm no fan of the uh, the Lincoln Project. <laughs> they tweeted out <laughs> during Trump's speech uh, a screenshot of the wide angle of Trump talking in front of the White House. And they tweeted, thinking about the Hatch Act. Come on. Come on. Oh. I mean, that's all they can think about because when it comes to policies with Trump, you know, they're on board like 99.9% of them. But... um." You know, let's 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 do this. Let's break this down first before we go any further, ladies and gentlemen. Like we've done in the previous three nights, Jared and I will take your questions. Just jump in the live chat at YouTube.com/slash Matt Binder and uh, drop a super chat. You could give any amount; doesn't matter as long as it's a super chat. We'll read it. Your questions, your comments. We will 100% get to those super chat questions and comments live during the program. And without any further ado, uh, let's jump right into this, Jared. I guess what yeah, I think-
1: we, I mean, we have a lot of ground to cover here. Right. Uh, and this the was, president started talking right? Yeah, I mean, as we were talking before the stream, uh, you know, this was the grand finale, right? You know, night three, admittedly, like we were kind of talking back and forth, it seemed a little stale, a little, like, kind of calm compared to the other nights, but night four brought the heat you know right out of the gate you've got franklin graham a like very staunch religious right activist who has fought for all kinds of just like insanely disagreeable things you know thanking god for president trump and for mike pence uh and and that leads us into the night
0: i actually missed that one didn't even know he spoke (laughs) thank god i'm here man thank god i I mean i tuned in and kevin mccarthy was already up there so i guess i i thought kevin you know i thought the house minority leader was kicking things off which would have been a which would have made sense i guess but uh franklin graham there you go thank god you are here jared (laughs) so
1: uh you know, before we dive into specifics, I think maybe we can pull apart some, uh, like overarching themes of the night. Uh, I saw somebody say that this was cop night, uh, and, and that's totally true. You know, you had, uh, a lot of rhetoric as we've seen in prior nights about, you know, Trump being the law and order candidate in, uh, Biden wanting to abolish police, uh, which to anybody who knows Joe Biden's positions, uh, is pretty laughable. Uh, you know, and, and you had a few members of, uh, law enforcement and law enforcement families speak. So, uh, you know, one of these speeches was, uh, da, 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 uh, Rudy Giuliani, of course, you know, Former mayor of New York City. Ooh, you're you're, you're spin- really,
0: you're jumping right in here, aren't you, with Rudy? Ooh, that's my, that's my, uh, that's, that's like my, uh, my wheelhouse. Rudy was yeah. my, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. i we, we might spend the next 45 minutes just on Rudy Giuliani. You gotta, you gotta hold me back, Jared. Hold me back. So,
1: uh, I will say uh, Rudy Giuliani was uh, prefaced by Patrick Lynch, who is the president of the PPAC of New York City. Uh, and both of them made this claim that 1,000 people had been killed by, you know, in gun, I think it was gun violence, was what they were trying to cite uh, in that's New York true. City this year. And that's not true.
0: In fact, it's not even... Uh, something like 10% of that. (laughs) It's like, there's been something like, uh, uh, there's been less than 200, uh, overall murders, just not even just guns, like murders in general. It's been, I think it's like 160 something, 170 something, uh, which is higher than it than the previous year. Um, but, uh, if you were to compare it to Rudy Giuliani's best year when he was the mayor of New York, uh, it's still about uh, 400 murders less. And again, that's Rudy Giuliani's best year as mayor right. of New York.
1: Right, but the, you know, this sort of bogus statistic, I would love to know like where this number came from. Uh, it was cited by Patrick Lynch. It was cited by Rudy Giuliani, And uh, put forth this warning. They were saying things like, you know, don't let what happened to New York happen across the world. This little suburb that you live in that is so precious and quiet. This could happen to you too, this huge spike in violence, these riots, these protests. You know, they're spreading all over the nation, and they're an existential threat to your existence. You know, that was the message tonight uh, from sort of the cop world that appeared on stage with RNC.
0: Now, now Jared, I have to interject here because um, as a born, bred, lifelong New Yorker— I have to let you know that you know, that is indeed not true in terms of the chaos going on in New York. Uh, right. <laughs> New York, honestly, well, well, I did just mention the murders are slightly up due to, you know, the whole situation of, I don't know, just a little uh, once in a hundred year pandemic. You know, things are people are a little bit on edge. Uh, it's actually still one of the safest cities. If not, honestly, I've never felt safer than in New York these past few years. Uh, New York really is super safe right now. I mean, it, it is literally one of the safest cities in, in the country, if not the world. Uh, it, it's it's just that simple. The, statistically, even, you could look at just... And even I pulled it up during Rudy Giuliani's speech because uh, Rudy was going on talking about how during his mayorship, uh, the city, you know, really like went hard on crime and made New York so safe. And under that evil Democratic mayor Bill De Blasio, New York has become a haven for criminals and the mafia and all sorts of terrible, horrible thugs and gangsters. Uh, According to, uh, I don't know if this is a reliable source, uh, at least for Republicans, I don't know if they'll look at this as a reliable source, Uh, the NYPD. um, That's not anywhere close to accurate. According to the NYPD's own stats, uh, and it's backed up by the FBI, uh, there has never been... uh, Bill de Blasio's time as mayor, actually, as a whole... Uh, there hasn't been a safer time in New York since as far back, I guess, as when they started collecting these stats, since the Mayor Dinkins era. So literally we're talking, we're going back what? So uh, uh, Bloomberg was mayor for, tw- de Blasio is now approaching his eighth year. Bloomberg's mayor for 12 years because that guy had to have that third term. Uh, then Giuliani, mayor for eight years and then Dinkin. So we're going back to like the '80s here, um, maybe early '90s. New York is less less uh, less crime, less murders. Uh, it's just a safer city, safer than it's ever been. Uh, and the, the you know it hurts to have to defend Bill De Blasio, <laughs> but. Uh, when it comes to defending him against Rudy Giuliani, I'll be I'll be happy to do that, Miss uh, Mayor Bill. Uh, you know it's just absurd, and it's it's just it's I I can't even like I really like if if you were someone who lived in this city during the eighties and nineties and two thousands, like it's 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 you know. How many people died just on nine eleven under Rudy Giuliani? I mean, if we really want to go there, and because you know Rudy likes to go there, Rudy likes to take credit for everything good that happened after nine eleven, but never he never considers that nine eleven happened on his watch in New York City, though. Uh, you know, it's just it really it like boils my blood when I see Rudy Giuliani out there, and I could probably go on for for way too long, so I'm just going to stop myself yeah, here. So I, you... I'm just going to cut you off right, right. here.
1: Right. Like <laughs> I think we said enough. Um, otherwise, you know, you and I are gonna be up until four in the morning being like fuck Bill de Blasio, but
0: also fact check. Uh <laughs> Well, you know, that's I mean, that just shows how much you can you can trust this show. I mean, people know me. I've I've criticized everyone. <laughs> but I'm not gonna but even the people even I, I will defend Joe Biden from trump's lies of course i will because i am a truth teller jared
1: a teller of truth is
0: right so whatever I, that. I whatever, maybe, whatever that is
1: maybe the best way to do tonight's episode is i think maybe just to run down the speeches and themes we don't have to hit every speaker but you know kind of pick up because they were clumped together in sort of like talking point categories. I right, thought, right. Um, so we hit Giuliani so we can- and
0: Pat Lynch let's, you know, I, I didn't bring up what my theme of the night was, and it's actually sort of like yours, but with a twist to me, the theme of the night, cause this happened multiple times, uh, Trump is the law and order candidate. He will be, he's all about that law, all about that order. By the way, here's a few people who were imprisoned that he uh, he pardoned. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it's it's fantastic that he does that. It's literally he usually and in his own speech he did it back to back. No one will be stronger on law and order than me. The Democrats are weak on law and order. Biden will have the criminals roaming free. By the way, did I tell you that I pardoned a few people who were in jail who would have been imprisoned for life because of Joe Biden's hard-on crime laws that he passed? It's what I mean. It, he literally had a moment like that tonight,
1: right? And like those moments, even as you and I are like sitting here and thinking, like, is this guy listening to himself? These moments are being cited by other people during the convention as, like, reasons to support Trump. So, like, one thing that I kept seeing throughout out the night, uh, at least in the early portion, uh, and then, of course, in other speeches at the RNC, was this reoccurring theme. Like, they're leaning very hard into the sort of Candace Owens and Brandon Straco lanes of Republican online activism. You know, Candace Owens leading the "quote unquote" Blexit, Blexit movement, right. and then walk of, away of you know uh black people who have decided that they don't want to be Democrats anymore and that they want to support Trump and other Republicans. Which, I think they actually were able to. Good on, which, good to on them, it. man! Like, good on them. If that's think... what if that's what you sincerely believe, do, do it, man! Right. Like, but. But you know, trying and I think they were able to fit all, all as... those
0: Blexit people on, on on the four nights of the show. <laughs> <laughs> all five of them, no, but, right? Uh, yes.
1: But you know, if that's what you sincerely believe, fine. You know, you're you're free to think whatever you want, Absolutely. right? But but they are trying to present this as some kind of widespread phenomenon, which it is simply not. Um, you know, and then there was also sort of that walk away vein. There is one video in between speeches uh, between uh, Jerron Smith and Jeff Van Drew uh, of people who were saying that they, you know, were lifelong Democrats. They always thought Democrats represented their values, uh, but now they realize that, like, supporting Republicans is the actual way to go because Republicans are the ones who actually value uh, liberal values, which is just, like, makes me want to, like— get a hammer and just hit the front of my skull until i like right. can actually figure right. out this train i of think I, th-
0: I think one of the two people that they were able to find who who believe that one of them even dropped that you know i was a socialist but <laughs> I right think yeah, yeah even used i think she even said she was a, she was a socialist until until she walked away which you know that's I mean, the walk-away Dem numbers are very small. Uh, the the ones who were like former DSA members turned Trumper, probably even smaller. I mean, very, we're talking, I don't even know how many people are possibly talking. Again, they found I couldn't
1: even estimate it for you. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you ask me, like I had a reporter ask me the other day, like how many people believe in QAnon? And I was like, I feel like safe saying like hundreds of thousands but i don't know if i would go to millions um
0: actually it, on, on q anon i'd probably i'd, I'd probably maybe I, I was, m- maybe I a couple being, months ago before the coronavirus I, I would say i was being say that conservative you
1: right. know I, I don't want to put myself out and like ah. overshoot it you hear that everyone um, breaking
0: but, news jared holt just announced he's walking away has come out as a conservative all right, right. here on um, this show <laughs>
1: so uh if your name is foster freese or charles coke uh hit me up in the dms i've got a bank account i'll give you the the account routing number and everything let's make this work let's make it work you know you Uh,
0: you specifically because of your work at right wing watch you could definitely make a hefty sum of money if you chose to 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 leave it all behind and become a right winger. You would they, they would they would flaunt you around like no other man. Oh dude, picture picture it, man.
1: Right wing watch investigative reporter is uh watching the DNC and on the final note he fi- or on the final night he finally snaps and he just realizes this is what I believe in. Right. I don't believe in Joe Biden's crazy America. Boom. Rubin report, Glenn Beck,
0: Fox News, right. like I could just, I could just imagine like their little, uh, their little punny uh, openings for it. He watched the right and realized he believed in everything they said. Joining us next, former right wing watch investigator Jared Holt. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so
1: so af- after uh, you had sort of the, the like walk away crowd slash like Blexit crowd. Uh, you know, sort sort of proxies, right? Because Brandon Straka is like too weird to talk at the RNC. Candace Owens is too inflammatory to talk at the RNC. So they had, you know, kind of the same ideas, but without, you know, these sort of noxious figures. Uh, you move on and you have, uh, you know, Dan Scavino. I I just want to talk about our boiled hot dog boy because this dude looked like he was about to explode. (laughs)
0: he did right
1: uh you know he put forward the story he's like you know i've been working with trump for 30 years he saw potential in me that i didn't even see in myself and uh you know because of that he's great if he believes in me he believes in you he does believe in you and he's fighting for you you know kind of that same you know, message you would expect at any kind of convention like this. Uh, But I think, like, it's going to be hard to beat Kimberly Guilfoyle in the RNC's list of, like, kind of overly powerful speeches, but I think Dan Scavino was, like, just a little bit too intense for an empty auditorium, uh, which, which had the effect of making his speech come off as, like, a little bit aggressive
0: oh if if you want to talk about over emotional speeches uh i don't think anyone I, I think even you know maybe because she was doing it like live to live to tape and and he was uh he was doing a pre-record with like you know camera cuts and edits but man dana white coming in with the ufc promo selling a fight for trump oh my god he had dana. his veins popping out and And you could see, like, the outline of his skull (laughs) through the top of his head. So speaking of
1: fighting and wrestling, I'm supposed to bring up uh, dynamite to you. That means nothing to me, but uh, I'm supposed to bring up dynamite.
0: In what context?
1: Uh, Pro wrestling context. Just
0: a pro, okay. It honestly means a few things in wrestling, so I'll have to figure out which one. Maybe it's, like, a a clue I need to uh, figure out.
1: Oh man, but um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I, I, I got this note. Uh, but
1: I know nothing about pro wrestling.
0: That's okay, Jared. But I know a little something about pro wrestling, and I know a little something about Dana White. And I'll let you know right now that for me, uh, when he went out there, well, first of all, this is a guy who tried to do a UFC show in early April in California. Uh, and the governor of California had to step in and call Disney, which broadcasts, has a deal with UFC because they own ESPN. Um, And they had to like all work together to convince him not to hold this event in California literally like a week or two into the uh, coronavirus lockdowns. Uh, And so he goes out there and talks about how well Trump managed everything and uh he goes on to say how uh oh this is what really struck me he goes on to talk about how uh the democrats are talking about defunding the police and firefighters even and he brought that up those are vital vital service those are vital workers and all i can think of is this guy the ufc is known for only really you know the only people who are making any money off of ufc except the executives. Are the main event, the highest of profile fighters. They are known for underpaying their fire, their their fighters, who would be the essential workers to the UFC. If you ask me, can't have a fight without the fighters. And on top of that, the thing that just put is the cherry on top is that there's a there's a, a number of fighters actually who well a lot of them have a day job uh, along with being a UFC fighter. But some of them even have the day job of being a police officer or a firefighter. So here he is saying basically, oh, these guys are so vital, you can't defund them. While, you know, he throws them in a cage to beat the shit out of each other and doesn't even pay them, you know, even close to what any other professional sport uh, athlete gets paid.
1: So, right. These these UFC fighters, they jump in a cage and give each other concussions and injuries. And oftentimes UFC fighters, unless you are top billing, uh, you know, there, there's been countless stories of these UFC fighters, you know, trying to use GoFundMe or something like that uh, to raise money just for medical bills that they incur. Right. You know, and. Uh, not only that but uh, Dana White is a notorious union buster
0: right Uh, oh he's he's completely they've 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 dropped fighters who try to unionize right
1: yeah yeah there's been efforts in the UFC to try to unionize uh, teams or unionize uh, you know uh, various I what would you call that like a it's not like an entourage around a fighter but like
0: no, it's just, it's their team, right? That's a good. That's right. Like their, yeah, their crew, the, the people who train them, and these are the people who spar with them. Like these are the people who are actually doing like fights with the UFC fighter, like every single day, training with them until you know, and the actual guy who gets paid all the money uh, in the cage to fight this UFC fighter. Uh, you know, of the two UFC fighters, one gets paid all the money. Is actually in the cage with that guy for like what? Like uh, anywhere from like. Uh, seconds to, uh, 15 minutes or something like that. I, I forget how long, uh, all the UFC rounds combined are.
1: Right. So, you know, you have this guy who is just like, as a business leader, a piece of shit as a person, uh, in my opinion, a piece of shit. Uh, and you know, this is who they're wheeling out to be like Trump, stand-up dude man he he's uh, one of the most loyal guys ever and uh, you know no one works harder than him uh but i you know they wheel out dana white like this but dana white doesn't really have any sort of position of authority to talk on these issues uh it, it kind of struck me even though dana white is i guess maybe like you could argue to ufc fans like a major figure um, in the broad scheme of things, it feels a little bit like scraping the bottom of the barrel here.
0: All right. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, the only thing that when I see Dana White, the only thing I could think of is, um, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, smart for not <laughs> doing these RNC, uh, <laughs> things because I'm sure Vince would love to have them. You know, it's, it's, if, it's surely Vince McMahon's choice not to do these. Not Trump would put him out there in a second uh let's uh let's get to some uh questions
1: oh yeah we have some super chats we, we can do take. uh
0: samantha says playing taps when many will die from covid in the crowd right that's a great point in terms of that you know we we mentioned throughout the night that you know there are people sitting next to each other in the rose garden from uh melania's speech uh, you know those people are too close in the uh, the the, uh, the the crowd for uh, Pence's speech. This was like a thousand people right in front of the White House, not, not even like a, a, a like a bullshit foot space apart, just so it could look like they took consideration COVID considerations when you have the overhead shot on TV. It was chairs, literally like next to each other, touching each other, and everyone was just sitting there.
1: Right, and I, I think one of like the few people to wear a mask uh, sort of publicly at this thing was of all people, Sean Spicer. Uh, you know, he posted a photo on Instagram of himself wearing a mask, but it is very much kind of like what we talked about on other nights, which is like this presentation of a post-COVID world when thousands of people are still dying every day from this disease.
0: Right. Uh, we got a uh, Kevin with a super chat that says, "Fascism coming wrapped in the flag." I mean, that's that's been yep. really the theme of every Republican National Convention since. I mean, I I I I'm not an expert on how far back, but I'm going to assume at least back from from the Reagan era. Uh,
1: yeah, isn't there sort of like a there's like a some turn of phrase about this i don't know if it's like a quote or a saying
0: but yeah fascism will come to america holding a bible wrapped in a flag or something like that that's it that's it yep uh and then it, it usually it was very popular during the uh the the obama mccain uh uh election with the photoshop of sarah palin wrapped in a flag holding a bible everyone's probably seen that photoshop uh very badly done photoshop but it was viral nonetheless uh uh, mariah says uh jared making the pivot from right wing watch to ruben report guest would be the grift of the century and i think he should do it right oh mariah says also waiting for that reveal of matt's parlor grift Uh, I actually forgot about my parlor grift. The account is definitely still active, but I dropped the ball. I should jump back on that. But to be quite honest, I sort of lost uh, interest in parlor when it appeared that even the conservatives lost interest in parlor. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right I would say like you know you dropped the ball on parlor but so did seemingly everybody else on the planet except maybe Laura Loomer like <laughs> right. because she has nowhere else to post like that's the only place she can post
0: right well I, I know uh because he has like a partnership with them to to promote his website's news stories but you know who's a big fan of parlor
1: Dan Bongino
0: god damn you I was gonna do the sing-songy thing when you said who Okay, it works. Uh, Mariah with another super chat. Well, Mariah's got a lot of questions. I appreciate it, Mar- Mariah. Feel free to ask as many as you want, as long as you keep giving me money. <laughs> <laughs> why was communism trending on Twitter today? What did they say about it at the RNC? Did they call Biden a communist? If so, LOL. I have no idea why communism was trending on Twitter today. I saw that too, and I looked, and I was waiting to see like, the, the, the tweet that set it off, and I couldn't find it. I've got no idea. I um They did not drop the commie word. Uh I I don't know about the other three days. Can't remember that far back, but certainly not today. I don't remember you know, they like to drop, you know, socialist, uh Marxist. That's the word they drop instead of communist. Marxist, um uh maybe they did say communist tonight. I'm trying to think. But yeah, I can't.
1: yeah, they said communism. Uh there were a couple speakers that referenced um you know, part of why America is so great is because it's fought fascism and communism across the world. Uh, but I don't know if that is related to the word trending on Twitter. Um, you know, I'll admit I was pretty deep in a writing hole. Um, I've got a piece coming out tomorrow morning that I don't mean to brag, but should be pretty good. Uh, For right wing watch? So, n- uh, for Gen Magazine, G-E-N Magazine, uh, it's like a medium publication.
0: Oh, um, Jared, I, I think I know about this one. This is like one of those like millennial right wing uh, uh, rags and you're making the pivot. To... <laughs> no, Gen is a good, I'm joking everyone, Gen is a good uh, outlet. Uh, what, what, yeah, can, so, can you give us but, a little, but, you don't got to give us a, a, any, any details, but what's a little a broader, what, what's the theme of this article so we can all look forward to it?
1: Uh, yeah, I can write the theme, I mean honestly, by the time that uh, they gave me a hint at the publication schedule. By the time the stream is over, the, the article might be out already. Oh, So
0: what, what is it?
1: Um, it is a piece about what happened uh, in that shooting in Wisconsin and uh, examining sort of the conservative movement's response and its history of glorifying martyrs and vigilantes, uh, to carry out violence in the name of its cause. So, uh, should be a pretty good read. I thought, uh, you know, I was, I was happy with it, uh, by the time, you know, we settled on a final draft. So I'm very excited to put that out. But the broader point being is I, I was writing that for most of the day. Um, so i'm not aware of exactly what set that word uh trending on twitter
0: ah yeah i'm looking forward to reading that piece though i think more i mean i've actually been thinking of it. it's not the same as yours but i was thinking about writing something about it uh because i think more needs to be written about it because as i was doing my own research on it today there's shockingly little written about what happened uh two nights ago in uh wisconsin and on top of that, what has been written about it, not very good, actually. And in fact, I really think, and this is what my piece would sort of focus on, um, uh, shockingly, bad. it's been badly written, and I think it's actually been adding to the misinformation out there. Uh, I agree. A, a lot of conservatives are, are, are simply out there talking about what happened and not knowing the timeline of events and it's completely skewing what happened. They literally think the altercation started with someone taking a skateboard and hitting this kid and him falling to the ground, and that couldn't be further from the truth. But if you listen to all these conservatives, that's where it all begins for them. So, and and I've been I've been, I've been looking around at all these CNN, New York Times, and you know, New York Times put out like a timeline of events last night, but I mean, then again, that's 24 hours, more than 24 hours after the incident. It's all, the damage has already been done, uh, but right. all these other outlets, Washington Post, they just just in one paragraph, basically two people dead. Either this is how they died. The the seventeen the year old uh, gunman shot them. And no no timeline of events. No explanation of the photographs that they that accompany the story. Just really bad overall. Uh, really bad job by the media, to be honest. And it's not surprising because that's a, Unfortunately, I think that's actually where a lot of Uh, misinfo comes from but uh you know well
1: speaking speaking of that shooting in wisconsin uh you know big props to uh hud secretary ben carson housing urban development uh secretary ben carson he uh you know made sure at the top of his speech to give hearts out to uh you know jacob blake and quote the other family of a shooting fiction. I swear to God right, man, it right. is like
0: right. well did you, did you did you see this I don't have it right in front of me I, I like the tweet but I'm like I'll see if I can find it really fast but um, I was looking and uh, one of the early speakers in the night uh, White House assistant uh, Jerron Smith mm-hmm. he mentioned George Floyd in a sort of you know empathetic way um, and a speechwriter for Matt Gates, uh, Rep. Matt Gates from Florida, uh, immediately had a meltdown on Twitter, calling this White House assistant who Trump obviously the RNC let him speak, had him speak. They wanted they had scheduled him, him to speak, calling him low IQ and how dare he Matt, mention George Floyd. Matt,
1: this was my tweet. You that liked was your my tweet? tweet.
0: That was your tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, look at that, man. You know, this stuff is so much, I can't remember, man.
1: Yeah, so uh, Darren Beatty, who is a speech-writing consultant for Matt Gates, who <laughs> was your I, tweet? I note, just found it. <laughs> spoke on the first night of the RNC, uh, just, like, joined the rest of white nationalists on Twitter and, like, flipping the fuck out at any sort of, like, black conservative that spoke uh, in favor of Trump tonight. So, you know, he attacked him as low IQ, which is a very specific kind of insult in far right circles. And it's only lobbied towards people who are not white um, because they believe that white people, maybe with the exception of Asian people, depending who you talk to, uh, are inherently genetically uh, predisposition to higher IQs, um, which, you know, there's all sorts of hosts of problems with. IQ test and, like, that is such a bullshit measurement for trying to determine competency or whatever. And also, it just doesn't fucking matter, man. If you're scrappy and you're resourceful, you can make some shit work. Like, it's total bullshit.
0: Right. Right. I'm I'm, you know, I'm glad uh, I remembered that tweet from such a brilliant individual. Uh, we'll never know who tweeted that, but uh, God rest his soul, wherever he may be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let's go back to the super chats. Got a a few tonight. Uh, Oh wow, Emmett, is there a good word for leftists that study the far right? Because we need one. And what I've been using is left-wing scholars of the far right. Is and that's too much, right? You know, I guess if you're asking for a good word, but what you've been using is left-wing scholars of the far right. That's a lot more than a good word. Um, No, you know, I don't know what we we should call. uh, people who cover the far right. I don't know, man. Just... Uh,
1: per- personally, I prefer uh, Darling.
0: Aww. So,
1: no, no, I um, You know, I always, uh, you know, my job is as an investigative reporter. Um, and I think, you know, like, I'm not shy about being pretty open with my own personal political beliefs or my own personal takes on things. Right. But that does not subtract from like the investigative reporting that I'm doing on the far right. Like, you know, my political beliefs compel me to investigate and and do this kind of reporting on the far right. Because like, I have a sort of feeling about myself that this is important, that this is something that is, uh, you know, very threatening to democracy and freedom and like the, Uh, continuation of a multicultural America Uh, so I I think you know just kind of a a neutral term almost is like the the most I don't want to say helpful but like accurate right you know like just because a leftist is the person who's conducting this kind of research or reporting uh, shouldn't necessarily qualify that kind of reporting or research. Am I making sense Matt? does that make sense?
0: No it makes total sense anyway let's let's make an example of how we are people who have uh, who are considered personally ourselves are of the left but um, we are able to actually do uh, legitimate factual non-biased reporting. There was actually a very good speech tonight and I think it was the best easily the best speech of the whole RNC and that was Alice Johnson hands down. 100%. She was and, and I don't just mean and I don't mean good for the RNC. I thought it was a very good speech and it's unfortunate that that speech was at the RNC because it easily could have been something she could have been a, a fantastic speaker for the Democratic Party and the reason she wasn't is because the Democrats dropped the ball. On these issues, like someone like Alice Johnson, for example, is the uh, black woman who spent what was it, something like over ten or twenty years in prison? Uh, for, Way too long by right, any for, measure for a not for a first-time nonviolent drug offense. And you know, uh, during the, the, there was a time when uh, you know Ivanka wanted to make it her duty to 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 help her her father look good and just free some uh some uh some really honestly I'm just going to say what they wanted to do they wanted to free some black people from prison so they could fight back what the media thinks of of Donald Trump so she is one of the people that Donald Trump pardoned and released from prison and one of the few things Donald Trump did that was good, but of course, it was only to make himself look good, not because he actually cared about this this woman. But uh, you know, obviously, if you are her, you are going to now be a Trump supporter, and I totally get that. How are you not going to support the guy who got you out of prison? I totally get it. Not going right. to. Right.
1: I mean, you were looking down a bleak future of like. I'm going to die in here and somebody came to your rescue. Of course, you support that person. Of course, you're loyal to that person. That is not surprising in the
0: slightest. And she had a great speech basically about her life and, and how Trump helped her out. And it's what the, the part that really bothered me is Democrats didn't care so much about appealing to people who uh who appeal to people who like Trump or may like Trump that could have been something they did for this woman and anyway they let Trump do it and because his followers literally don't care what he does as long as he's the one doing it they think he's a hero for doing it so you know the Democrats dropped the ball once again and that's sort of what really angered me during that speech because she was a good speaker and she gave a good speech quite frankly the only one that was uh uh, good at the RNC
1: right and this should have been a DNC speech Like there was opportunities to, to, you know, make this a DNC speech, but they were passed over by, uh, you know, prior, I don't, negligence is maybe too strong of a word, but maybe like lack of concern, but, you know, and the the, the
0: thing about this too, and again, totally get why she would support him. But this is what Trump's all about, these, these little media blips. He released her out of prison to get the media coverage, to get, you know, oh look, I have a black woman speaking out for me on stage. I bet this will win over some black people. That's his that's his measure of it. He doesn't care again, he doesn't care about her. Because if he actually cared about what got what put her in prison, there would be sweeping criminal justice reform. And while there was some, again, to appeal to try to appeal to black people to, to you know, to to um to vote for him. Again, we're not talking about he didn't change the game here. He didn't like, you know, he went ahead and started attacking uh, Joe Biden for Bernie Sanders policy of no more cash bail, which again, that's something that puts innocent people, innocent black people in prison simply for the reason that they can't afford bail again these are not convicted criminals they haven't even had their day in court yet if they had the money they would be able to pay their bail so it's not like they're too dangerous or their crime was so bad that they shouldn't be walking on the streets no if it was a white person with money or even a black person with money they could have gotten out and be walking the streets No, this specifically hurts poor people and many of them poor black people. And, you know, he he attacks Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden for supporting that policy. So this isn't him caring about this issue again. It's just this isn't
1: even him understanding the issue.
0: Right. Exactly. Yes.
1: So uh, let's let's go. You know, we've been going. What what are we doing on time right now?
0: We got about uh, 10 minutes. Ten minutes. All right, let's
1: go into the grand finale of the night. You had Ivanka, beautiful, intelligent Ivanka. You know, he, she came out, was the first person on the White House lawn, and she introduced her father. Chad, uh, something... are, are
0: you are you okay? Are you, did you start working for the Gateway Pundit right there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you picked that up. I, I, that was a that was a very deep, specific cut uh, that only some people will get. But the Gateway Pundit got, like, way too horny for Ivanka tonight. Horny on Maine. Um, something <laughs> that I thought was interesting about Ivanka's speech is she didn't really talk about Joe Biden. You know, a lot of the RNC speeches that we've seen to date have tried to contrast Trump with Biden, this sort of imaginary Trump versus this imaginary Biden and pit them against each other in a battle where Trump wins. But Ivanka didn't really talk about Joe Biden very much. You know, maybe there is sort of a passive reference here and there, but, um, you know, it was mostly focused on her father and, like, the projects that she has worked with him on. Uh, There's a lot of sort of D.C. speculation that Ivanka might run for president one day, um, but I hate beltway speculation because it's just wrong all the time but for some reason I feel like I, I should put that out there in the context of this
0: I honestly honestly feel like there are people who who, 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 who dislike her more than President Trump uh, so good luck to that one I mean you know Trump for all the shittiness and terribleness and racist and, and fascist ways he, he does have a specific way of reaching a very specific group of people um, and he's very charismatic in that way. something that she has everything bad about her father, but not that one thing that makes him appealing to that certain sector of people. Maybe maybe the hot angle is how she'll she'll go about winning those people over. We'll see, but uh, something
1: interesting that also happened during Ivanka's speech was something that... Uh, You know, at Right Wing Watch, we see it the religious right all the time, which is Ivanka being like, listen, Trump's a little, uh, what do you say, unconventional, but he's real and he's effective. So we have to support him like that is, you know, since 2016, the religious right argument for Trump, you know, this, uh, you know, evangelical movement of people who demand moral leaders who represent family values and everything they stand for and morality, you know, their argument for putting forward and continuing to support somebody who has made vulgar comments about women who has, you know, been accused of just multiple instances of sexually inappropriate behavior towards women, uh, has crass comments, uses uh, explicit language Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's countless examples you could cite. Uh, Their argument has been that, you know, listen, Trump is not a perfect guy. He's not a perfect communicator, but he's getting shit done for us. So we have to support him. And it was interesting to see Ivanka kind of take that argument and fold it out into a general audience. You know, where it's like, listen, you might not like Trump, but you can't deny he's getting stuff done, right? You know, I am very curious how effective that would be. And, you know, RNC viewers are already like a pretty slim margin of the population. Uh, people who watch the RNC in support are just like diehard Trump fans at this point. So they'll all be excited by this. But I, I'm curious if this is going to get any traction at all among normies.
0: Right. You know, uh, w- one thing that uh, speaking of the normies, um, there there was a specific moment where she tried to do that thing that we I mentioned the first two nights were lacking, the thing that Kaylee McKinnon tried uh, uh, last night and, and failed at doing it, and she did. Th- Ivanka tried to do the thing where you tell a personal story that humanizes the president or or the person running for president. And you use that to sort of pivot it it into a broader empathetic type uh, of event. And she told how her, her, her her kid, I think, right. Trump's grandchild built a, a, uh, a, a Lego white house, a Lego white house. And Trump put it in the, uh, in the oval office and it's been displayed there since, uh, ever since or whatever. Well, two things. Um, Number one, there was no pivot. That's a violation of the (laughs) hat. Right? But there was no pivot there. I mean, so Trump treats his grandkid nice. I mean, I would hope he does that. I would hope he didn't like, I would hope the story wasn't. And my son handed his granddad that Lego (laughs) recreation. And my father threw it to the ground and said, this is horrendous. Ugly. Back to the drawing board. Do it again. Get better You've at Legos, kid. Not
1: consulted the the <laughs> blueprint of the White House layout. This is disgusting.
0: Right, right. Ah, uh, I mean, I would hope he was that he's at least a good person to his grandkids. But you know, based on what I hear about how he treats some of his own kids, who knows? Um, who
1: knows? I I think this leaves us at the grand finale. Which wait, wait! But around- I didn't
0: get, I, I didn't get to the second thing though. Oh. yeah. Well, it, it turns out that that whole story is a lie. Apparently, there is no Legos in the Oval Office. There's no. It doesn't. Uh, someone who who wrote some biography about uh, Ivanka said that she's told this story before, but it was very different. It wasn't the grandkid who built the Lego. It was like her or something. And that no reporter has ever taken a photo or reported seeing any sort of Lego set in the Oval Office. It just doesn't exist. I mean, you. you if you think about it. You would hear about that, wouldn't you? The reporters love to talk about everything Trump does, and there's always the reporters who love to find like the nice little story about Trump to you know oh you know he his tone you think they would there would be a picture out there of here's the uh, the trump grandkid uh White House uh, replica, but no right
1: I, right with every administration that goes into the White House, there's always like the kind of reporters who try to take the angle of like what is the president like as a human right like as as a person not just a world leader but like as one of us
0: we're gonna treat um, every we're gonna treat every presidency like we did I guess you know j- did how we treated Jackie Kennedy or something like that I don't know like they're they're just like a celebrity with uh you know we're gonna follow them like paparazzi and report on every cutesy little thing they do you know I I, 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 I don't know but yeah right I, I, right where, where's person- this Lego set I want to see it
1: Right. My personal opinion is like that kind of reporting is like mostly trash. And like maybe people read it, maybe people click on it. I don't know the metrics, but like ultimately, you know, Kevin McCarthy, I think, said something to effect tonight that like this election is not about the government, it's about America or something like that. And but like, being president is about the government, and it's like I feel like the press should have an adversarial role towards the government. That's right. like kind of the point, right? That's the right. point of the First Amendment. That's why it exists. That's why it's the first one. Uh, it's because you have to be able to throw the middle finger up to the government, like whenever you want.
0: No, so let's let's you know we only got get a little bit more time, but I think we have enough time to dive back into Trump's speech. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but there's a few more things to talk about. Um, number one, he kept the tact- Well, first of all, very low energy, very low energy,
1: super super low energy. Man. Like there was nothing about this speech that differentiated it from any other Donald Trump speech. Like even had- the formatting was like the same. I feel like they just sort of copied and pasted some shit from like a lot of prior speeches, and then threw in a couple paragraphs about like thanks for giving me the nomination, and then like that weird tangent at the end about like. The organ trail video game, basically, of like
0: <laughs> Right. Well the weird thing is he he had his audience. He had this big event in front of the White House. It really was everything he needed to have the same energy as a Trump rally. And he didn't. He didn't he didn't he didn't perform. He he underperformed. He underwhelmed. And I'm talking about it like that because that is what his audience, that is what his base sees in him like if you watch a Trump rally he could go up there and just start saying throwing out words like the uh like the like the test he took you know he could just go up there and say popcorn uh hot dog it doesn't matter what he's saying it's how he delivers it and riles them up and that's why they love him and he didn't perform for his base after a whole four nights of everyone trying to perform for his base he didn't perform for his base i i i I mean the content was there, I guess, but the the it just wasn't the the trump rally uh uh escapade that we usually see from him and then, right
1: course- i I mean you had like four nights of people like imagine going to like a rap concert, and like every big rap concert has sort of the entourage of hype guys who are like out before the show, getting the crowd, like dancing, partying, having a good time, whatever. And then like, imagine that goes on for four days and then whatever rapper comes out. And it's just like, I'm going to make America, uh, the best, the, the best country that. It's like total, almost like deadpan from all the hype that was being built out for the last four days. It was, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter, but like even as a uh, you know left leaning person, I watched it and I kind of felt a little like disappointed or let down by it.
0: Right, because you you know like you know we 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 know the content, and uh, we'll we'll get into a few things shortly. But you know the the Trump it, we wouldn't talk about pretty much any other president this way because it wouldn't matter as much to their base. But Trump is a performer. That's what got him where he is. Uh, it's probably the one talent he has. uh he knows how to perform for his base, and he 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 sounded bored. he was very bored tonight. and you know, a few things stood out to me. One is at the very end of his speech, he starts talking about how uh we're known for uh, you know the setting the trends and he started taking basking, like boasting like he has some responsibility for popular American music and art and culture when honestly the republican party is the exact opposite they either a wish they could do that stuff and have all failed miserably in trying to get into the business aka president donald trump himself but it goes down to even someone like ben shapiro dave rubin all those types um so they're not even they, they can't even take credit for that and then B, right, they right. they, they, it, they, they, they like hate America. those people they hate those people those artists and musicians and celebrities they hate them
1: right like it is true that american culture influences the world anybody who has traveled internationally uh, i know the first international trip i took i was surprised to hear uh like american top 40 radio music being played on the radio in these other countries you know american culture does uh influence all across the world and uh but that has nothing to do with the republican party and it certainly has nothing to do with trump And it certainly has nothing to do with Ben Shapiro, who is like spending parts of his podcast complaining about a wet ass P word, uh, you know, and and like crying into his pillow because rap music exists.
0: Right. And another thing that I thought of about that, though, when he said that was, you know, a lot of countries, uh, a lot of governments around the world put a lot of money into Their culture and arts uh, and they help fund it and and get it out there and especially during the pandemic you hear about governments helping out the music industry and and when I mean music industry I don't mean like you know dropping money uh, uh, handing over money to like Sony record like Sony and and like Universal and and no I mean like they're helping these venues these small venues these artsy you know uh, uh, venues And, and and we're not doing any of that um anything any sort of if, if you are in the music industry the entertainment industry not talking again not talking hollywood not talking big labels if you are in the art world right now you are hurting immensely you are gonna be yeah, you're gonna my
1: fa- my favorite punk
0: venue in dc
1: uh just like shut its doors during the pandemic
0: you are you are gonna be the last place to reopen you will probably not reopen until there's a vaccine. And the government is not doing anything specific for these type of venues. It's not exactly the same, but it fits in the same realm. My uh, There's a local uh, a child's indoor gym, small business, minority owned, that I would take my kid to local. You know, a lot of the local kids would go there when the weather was bad outside, uh, you know, uh, when it was the winter months closed down. Gone. One of the few places for kids to go when they can't go outside in this neighborhood uh just vanished because of the coronavirus. No help for these 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 things that help, you know, build people via the culture, via the art and entertainment world just they're out on their own and here this guy has the audacity to go up there and take credit for those things having a a impact on the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. And speaking of taking credit, um, you know, Trump had one line tonight that, you know, he has said before, but I was kind of surprised to see the RNC claiming that he's done more for the African-American community since Abraham Lincoln, who, you know, emancipated slaves, um, which is just ludicrous, ludicrous, man. I, I like it's amazing to watch him say that with a straight face.
0: It's, you know, he he has said this many times. So I guess at this point it's become just like, I feel like I've talked about it, but yeah, uh, it, it it never gets any saner. It never gets any, like every time he says it, it's just like, uh, excuse me. It's like, what, what have you done? Like, what have you done? Really? What have you done? Uh, <laughs>
1: right. Uh, and, and sort of the last thing that I think I'll note about like Trump's RNC speech His RNC speech was so much like every other Trump campaign speech that we hear out on the trail. uh, That like a lot of it is just, I don't maybe not like worth getting into the specifics too, just because it's so much like everything he always says all the time. Um, But I did think it was interesting to hear Trump and even uh, Ivanka Trump and some of his allies. Try to portray him still as an adversary to the political establishment, even though after four years he has effectively become the political establishment. And that's a damning reflection on our politics. That's a damning reflection on so many fronts. But like, you know, it's how can he still claim to be opposition when he's the guy who's running the shit?
0: Well, it fits the whole theme that they've sort of, you know, it was, it was. I think I said it was especially big uh, last night, but it's fit the th- one of those, you know, overarching themes of the past uh, four nights, and that's uh, they want you to believe that it's the challenger Donald Trump versus the incumbent President Biden. That's literally how they talk about all this, even when they talk about the policies, they shit on the current state of things. He is the president. If you're shitting on the current state of things, then the buck stops with him. He's the one responsible for it.
1: Right, right. So all this like rioting and chaos in American cities, like theoretically, isn't that like his job to take care of? Like, don't get me wrong. I...
0: I'm happy the he's last, not. Let the, him stay out of it. Right? Thing, the <laughs> last
1: thing I want is the federal government swooping in like they did in Portland and just abducting people off the streets, right? But, like, if we're going to play their game, isn't that, like, something Trump should have taken care of long ago? Why is he blaming, you know, mayors and state politicians for this stuff? Like, he's supposed to be the boss, right? Like, on one hand, you have this image of him as the strong man – boss who's going to take care of america and save it and on the other hand you have you know what i'm sure by the end of the year is going to be you know close to a quarter million people dead from coronavirus uh and you know all all this sort of unrest in the streets of america and he can't seem to get a grip on it
0: right right And, and going off of that too while they're talking about what how shitty everything is, they'll bring up how the Democrats always talk about our country as if they're ashamed of it, as if it's a terrible place. They're doing that! And then I also think, it's like so many levels here of hypocrisy, and then I go back to Trump's 2015 to 2016 primary run, where his whole shtick was, the country sucks, and I'm gonna come in and make it great. He did that as well. Like, so here you have a guy who's literally in in charge of the shitty country they talk about. But then they hit the Democrats for calling out the shitty parts of the country. But at the same time, Trump made it his whole bread and butter to get to the presidency, how shitty the country was. It's like so many, it's like a multi-level marketing scheme, really. Which I guess that's really why Trump's at home doing it, because really every endeavor he's ever been involved in has been a multi-level marketing scheme.
1: Yeah, no doubt, and I I think that's probably a good point to like start to wrap things up. Matt, I'm curious what your general observations for these last four nights have been. You know, we have been sort of, you know, dare I say, fucking on it these last four nights. It's been a ton of fun hosting this with you. Uh, being able to break it down with somebody who is as deep in the shit as I am. Um, so I'm curious what your takeaway is, you know, after four long nights of Republican National Convention, you know, where where are you feeling left? Like, what are your thoughts about this?
0: My takeaway is uh, just to give you a note that um, right after we say this, we have a few super chats to get to. But <laughs> oh, of course, of course. But uh, my takeaway is that the Republican National Convention felt chaotic. It felt like just so in your face. And if you were someone who was just looking to end politics in your life, you just wanted to shut out. You're sick of the Trump era where people are just so politically charged because you're able to just block it out. Usually Uh, the Democrats pretty much gave you something vote for that's how I see it. I think the Democratic National Convention was very laid back, sort of like a sort of like a, a you know at times those promo the speeches were a little bit you know Joe Biden speech and there were speeches that that spoke to the the you know, the threats that the Trump administration were very dark. Uh, but the like the interstitials and the, the promo packages were you know how Democrats usually do dancy you know big celebrities trying to pump you guys to go out and vote. And you know I think that's going to appeal to to the I think that's going to appeal to a lot more of the those who are actually trying to decide um, not the people who say they're trying to decide and are serious are just Trump supporters and just don't want to say it I mean people who are just actually like, you know I'm not happy with either party I'm not too thrilled, but I just want this to stop I just and I think there's a good amount of people out there. I'm I And mean, again, I'm not talking about never Trumpers. I'm talking about apolitical people. Don't think about politics. Don't get politically involved. They might have voted for Obama. They might have voted for, for uh, McCain, Romney. Who knows? But there are people who, I mean, there's a large portion. Just look at how many people vote in a primary, both Democratic and Republican, and compare that to how many people vote in a general election. There's a huge number of people who just come out to vote in a general election because they feel like that's the big one. They got to vote for that one. And they just tune out. I mean, it is what it is, What it is, unfortunately. Um, and I think the Democrats gave those people something. I think the RNC was obviously uh, more guided towards Trump's base. I think they all, they all had a great time watching. Um, I think... Uh, i think it also you you also see how the trump administration how, how the trump campaign wants to portray themselves as opposed to last time around um they were fine with the crazies as long as they were able to pre- present themselves professionally as soon as someone got out of line they dropped them because they didn't want any any baggage it seems they didn't want you know like the 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 milos and the richard spencers to from 2016 to come in uh uh, get involved in the 2020 campaign. Again, I'm not, you know, Trump obviously rolls out the carpet for the QAnon folks, but you can see by who they drop from the show and who they let continue that as long as you're able to shut it off when you're talking to the masses and then turn it right back on again when you're off the stage and just talking to the base and talking to the internet crowd, the the Trump administration, the Trump campaign's fine with you. And that's, you know, that, that to me was was noteworthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I'm not sure what else to say about it other than those. uh, it was certainly an event. I mean, I don't know what I could have said every night of the DNC convention, the the Democrats' convention, but there was certainly more than enough to say after every single night of the RNC. Right. So my kind of takeaway
1: from this is maybe maybe it has a couple different folds. Uh, You know, the first fold being – and this has been voiced by many other people too, um, you know, essentially the RNC had what we saw was like this puppet of Donald Trump and a puppet of Joe Biden fighting each other, neither puppet representing reality. Uh, so it was kind of a lot of uh, kayfabe, you know. It was a lot of arguing about things that don't exist things that like aren't real Sha- and bi- bi- ja-
0: Jared with the wrestling uh, term drop on the podcast. Wow. I, I dropped the oh, ball on this, this episode when, when my guest is dropping more wrestling references than me, I got to step it up.
1: Yeah. So, you know, uh, and then uh, Donald Trump pulled a heel and, <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it seemed very, like if you've been following politics for the past four years and you watch the RNC, it was almost like tuning into an alternate reality in that alternate reality. Sort of my second point is this, um, the rhetoric that I heard. Oh, wait one second, who... one second,
0: Jared. one second, Jared, the stream just dropped. Uh, let me try to go live again. All right. Everyone's back. So, uh, all right. Take it from where you were with your, uh, your takeaways for the night, Jared.
1: Yeah, so I made my first point about sort of the alternate reality of politics that was presented at this year's RNC. The second point that I wanna make um, is that a lot of the rhetoric I heard during the RNC as somebody who reports on the far right and covers it pretty closely, deeply concerned me. Um, This kind of rhetoric Uh, Not only about Western civilization, quote unquote, uh, during the first night, but also just this uh, hyperbolic language about, you know, you will not be safe in Joe Biden's America. Uh, You know, this rhetoric about the, you know, violent and property destroying protests that are happening across the United States right now in response to uh, racial injustice, you know the kind of hyperbolic language about the threat that that poses to the average American or the extent of the threat in general uh, does worry me. Like what will happen if Trump loses somehow in 2020? You know, if Joe Biden manages to pull this off and get Trump out of office, which would be rather uncommon uh, given the recent sort of, history of uh, presidential terms, you know, uh, a lot of presidents are two-term presidents. Uh, you know, if, if Joe Biden pulls this off, are we going to see parts of the Trump base who've been told this message repeatedly become convinced that they themselves have to do something and step up and fight back against this? So, you know, in combination, like on, on one fold, it's kind of almost you know, easy to dismiss the RNC to some degree because it's like, Oh, they they don't even know what they're talking about here. Uh, but on the other hand, what they're telling people, uh, could potentially like compound into something that could be dangerous.
0: Right. Right. I think that's a, it's a great, uh, bow to put on this, uh, to wrap this four days with Jared. Um, I'm just going to open up the, uh, super chats, because I got them all on a list here, because I don't want to miss those super chats from the previous feed before we dropped out. So Just give me one second to open those and we'll end on the the wonderful uh, questions and comments from our viewers.
1: Yeah, we've had so many good questions this week. Um, You know, a lot of people I see use the super chat to just like spam dumb stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the questions we've received have been actually like really smart and like fun to answer.
0: I agree. Thank you for uh, telling people to give me more money. I appreciate that all the time. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's go to uh, Kevin. Good thing we didn't nominate Bernie. They would have called him a Marxist. They could never do that to Biden. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, anyone who knew anything knew that it didn't matter whether it was Bernie or Biden. It could have been Joe Manchin up there, and they would have called him a Marxist.
1: Right. For the last two years at CPAC, they've been very explicit in like telling all their activists and supporters, like, okay, in 2020, this is a fight between socialism and freedom, and that's the message. And then like hearing that for two years at CPAC and then seeing it play out in the election, like... I, I was trying to tell people this was going to happen, but, you know, who cares what, what Jared Holt thinks, right? He covers the far right.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to the next.
1: I, I, I hate to say I told you so, but also I love to say I told you so.
0: Hell yeah. I'd love to say, <laughs> I, I love doing that too. I, I'll t- I, I tell everyone that I told you so as often as I can, uh, even when I never told them so. Uh, t- <laughs> t- 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 Tina, with all the four more years chance, I was afraid they were referring to Trump's speech. Thank God it's over. Right? Yeah, it was a it was a long one. It was a long one. What was it? How uh, long was that? Jared? I, I, like I... almost two hours, I think. Right?
1: Oh God, what was that? It was probably like I think an about hour to an hour and a half or something. Yeah, I think it was like an that. hour
0: and a half because I saw like fifteen to twenty minutes before it ended. Someone say we're sixty nine minutes in. Nice, uh, Mariah.
1: Uh, I, I share that concern, though. You know, like I was doing the same thing I did last night during our coverage, which was, you know, as the clock neared 11 p.m., the supposed end time of this event. I I was like, he's not even close. Is he? like he's not even closing, like getting close to closing the speech because Trump closes every speech the same way. He rattles off this list of promises. He vows to his supporters and then he says we will make america strong again we'll make america safe again and we will make america great again you know and like right. does that whole thing and he wasn't anywhere close to that by 11 and i was just like oh god you know matt and i are gonna have a very late night tonight
0: right yeah you 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 definitely told me uh about you know a couple of minutes before he ended the speech that uh he's doing the thing he usually does when he's ending a speech and i was I should have known as well, but I, I was convinced that this speech was never going to end. So I was like, it's a swerve. He's making you think that he's going to keep going. He's got more. Uh, Mariah with another super chat. Mariah. I love this. Just, just let the money flow. Uh, was, <laughs> was Matt Gates, son in attendance tonight? I don't know if that's a, an honest question or you're being funny, but I, either way, I, it's, a, it's a great question.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, and it's a good question that I don't have the answer to. I'm, I'm sorry to report.
0: Right. Andy Brown says uh literally two words here, hachacked. Uh hatch Champagne kami. Uh do you cuties think Trump's odds improved after this? Uh yeah, only because obviously, you know, you get the the post RNC bump because it's just every all the stuff is fresh in some people's minds and they're going to be like yeah, Trump was strong tonight. I liked the speech. It was uh I like it. You're going to get those people and you know, and then in a few weeks they'll probably be like, "Oh, Trump's a little bit too out of whack. I just want, you know, I want to I just want to not think about this for a little bit, you know." So I'm I'm going to say Biden when they call me next time. You know, people are are as fickle as a pickle. So uh <laughs> So, yeah, I think he'll get a bump. Whether that's a long sustaining bump, I don't know do i think it is a do i think uh biden's a sure thing to win like some people uh like the media thinks people think which i don't really think people think that as much as the media thinks people think that especially not after 2016 um when i'm talking about the media i mean the mainstream media. matt
1: matt could you say the word think uh a few more times just right
0: right i don't (laughs) think people think what they media thinks they think uh Excuse me. I'm getting my little Dr. Seuss on, uh, Jared. So uh, <laughs> so I think temporarily Trump's odds improved. I don't know in the long term. I think this will be back and forth until Election Day, quite honestly. And I, I don't know if we'll know who wins on Election Day. Quite frankly, I don't think we'll know.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the Biden campaign faces a very similar struggle that the Clinton campaign failed to overcome. Uh, you know, if you ask any member of the general public, what does Trump stand for? What are his beliefs? You know, not whether they agree with them, whatever, but like, what are they? I think most Americans could rattle off a few things. Build the wall, uh, trade deals, uh, I, I, I make America good, whatever. Like, uh, if you asked any random bystander like what what is biden's policy positions like what is biden fighting for what is his promise like policy wise i think that a lot of people would kind of struggle to come up with it and i don't know where that failure is is it messaging is it a lack of uh message discipline is it a lack of just public speeches for no fucking reason is it a lack of media appearance like there's so many different things that maybe all contribute in some way or one is worse than the other. I, I can't really, you know, I focus on right wing stuff all day, so I'm maybe not the best person to offer, you know, a real analysis of that kind of thing. But, um, you know, you know, I faced the same struggle, you know, as I was watching Trump close out the RNC rattling off that list of promises we'll offer school choice. We will, uh, you know, continue to fight for American workers. We will do this. We will do that. Um, you know, that's something that doesn't seem to be as pronounced on the democratic side. And I wonder, you know, it's, um, you know, something I remind people of all the time. It's like, you know, a a lot of reporters get their information on politics via Twitter. And then that kind of shapes the reporting, uh, not very many Americans, like generally speaking, are on Twitter. Uh, if you vote in the midterms, you're among the most politically active people. Uh, you know, so most people who are going to the polls are maybe getting information about the vote a couple weeks before the vote. They're maybe sort of passively grazing headlines. They're not really reading in depth about any of these issues or these stories. Uh, so, You know, all of that said, uh, I wonder if sort of that really sort of like bullet list style of messaging coming out of the Trump campaign uh, is going to be able to produce the same uh, upset success that it did for them in 2016.
0: Right. Right. Uh, Let's go to the – back to the Super Chats. Um, Fallout Builder says thoughts on that Chinese speaker he had about uh, Chinese dom policy dangerous World War Three um, was that tonight I don't uh, I'm, I'm I think that was last night right? yeah I, I honestly would need to go back and re listen to it then because um, I I can't remember everything that was said sorry Fallout Builder do you remember uh, anything that stood out to you about that
1: bits and pieces but not enough to really offer an analysis um you know whoever's in that super chat uh tomorrow when i i've gotten a good night's rest and like have time to sort of look over that shoot me a dm on twitter or something and I'm happy to flesh it out
0: right uh do the same with me i'll be happy to do that too uh what else we got sorry the super chats are no longer in the chat because they're from the previous stream so i'm just trying to grab them from there uh mariah uh odds on there being a new huac in the next four years
1: huac as in
0: is that um come on mariah what are you doing what are you doing to us here it's one one in the morning why are you (laughs) uh are you talking about
1: House on a on McCarthyism McCarthyism right, McCarthyism. right. Uh, you know I think we see sort of like a soft version of that uh, like already yeah you know uh, uh, this like crusade against socialism and stuff like
0: I mean they're mentioning Marxists now and they, they always you know Republicans always mentioned socialists but the Marxist thing, at least on the main stage, is sort of sort of newish. I would say, right? I don't remember them dropping the the M word so much uh, when they're talking to the 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 masses, like you know, online to their base at the rallies, sure. But like a a prime time broad spe- like broader speech like this, usually they I think they stick with the word socialist. It's got bigger appeal. More people know what that means. Well, yeah, more people yeah, think they know uh, what uh, that it's, means. It's kind of like soft
1: McCarthyism. You know, it's not really comparable to what happened uh, in the McCarthy era. But, uh, you know, if Biden wins, I wouldn't be so surprised if Republicans try to channel some of that same energy.
0: Right. Uh, and looks like we got uh, Mariah once more with We Love a Binder slash Holt Collab. Keep it up, boys. XO. I think that's the perfect way to end this.
1: That is the perfect way to end this, although I, I did promise that uh, I would call you out for talking about Tiffany Trump's speech, uh, You know, comparing it to Miley Cyrus, but without ever mentioning Hannah Montana. This is like a disgusting uh, you know, neglect of pop culture that has to be called out um, because I believe it is a violation of the Hatch Act.
0: There you go. I I, I like the callback to the second night of the RNC because that then forces people, if they miss that, to go back and listen to the second night of the RNC. And if they go back and listen to the second night of the RNC, they might as well go back further if they missed the first night and catch from the beginning. And if they did catch the first night but and catch the second night but miss the third night, you might they might just might move well forward and go to the, to the third? third. <laughs> <laughs> if you give you know if you give a mouse a cookie, if you give a I I don't know. I'm not even gonna try to come up with an analogy at 1:30 in the morning here. Uh, I'm just really pissed that I got to st- spend a little bit more time editing this all together, which would have should have been just a nice, clean one you know one track stream, just throw up there and export and upload. I now got to do some editing, so I'm just thinking about that right
1: now. <laughs> well, on that note. I think that's no, as good I, a place I, as I, ever I, to <laughs> end it, Matt. It's it's been a pleasure to cover the like worst event every four years in politics with you. Uh, thanks for having me on, uh, you know the Matt Bender YouTube channel stream. Uh, I know Shitpost listeners have really been enjoying our conversations, and I hope that Doom listeners are doing the same.
0: Uh, absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure been a lot of fun these past four days looking forward to doing this uh we should do more collabs like this uh not so soon i'm i i need a break but <laughs>
1: yeah i think i'm gonna take like the next week off podcasting
0: But we I, I just need to sleep all right, uh, Shitpost Podcast listeners, this is a message to you guys. I will not be taking next week off. Be sure to join the Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com slash Matt That's an opening for you. I will fill the void that Jared Holt is leaving in your heart next week. Uh, patreon.com slash Matt dot com for the free version of the podcast. And for the full-blown live feed, stream, whatever it's called, YouTube.com slash Matt also I'll also be doing more strictly straight to YouTube short videos very soon. I've recently got the new equipment to do that thanks to the patrons. And I'm looking forward to getting some more YouTube content up there. So uh, that's all my. Oh, and follow me wherever you are on social media. Just search for me, Matt Binder. I will pop up usually at Matt Binder. If I'm not at Matt Binder, I'm the first person to pop up when you search Map Bender. So uh, there you go. Uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, yeah, Jared, get in your plugs.
1: All right. Uh, Shitpost listeners, if you're listening to this on Shitpost already, I don't have to tell you, but message to Doom listeners, number one, fuck Matt. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to Shitpost. Uh, we have an email list on Substack, shtpost.substack.com. That's also the place you can go if you'd like to financially support the show, which, you know, we are always more than gracious, uh, you know, and, and grateful to to receive uh, any sort of support that keeps this thing going. Uh, leave a nice review on iTunes. It's S H! Exclamation point T post. That's the name of the podcast. I regret it every day. Why did I put an exclamation point in there? Uh, but uh, what else? You can follow me on Twitter at Jared L. Holt. And I think that's about it for me.
0: There you go. So, uh, folks, uh, it's been really fun. I'm just going to say that again. I think that's where we will say, we'll say sayonara. Take care. Have a good night.
1: All right. Take care, everybody. Peace out.